This is the Warm Springs program on KWSO. Warm Springs Telecom is a tribally owned enterprise of the Confederated Tribes of Warm Springs, created to provide every person, business, and government agency on the Warm Springs Reservation with telephone and internet service. Tim York is the general manager of Warm Springs Telecom. I started about three years ago at Warm Springs Telecom, and there's only nine tribal telephone companies in the whole United States, and um, Warm Springs was lucky enough back then, I think, to go ahead and, and start this and get the paperwork going and went after the grants. Um, I believe there was at least $7 million in grants to start the phone company, to build the first bit of infrastructure, to remodel the building, and to get going. The funding source primarily is coming from the state of Oregon. The money used to come from landlines. So when everybody had a landline at home, they paid a small tax, maybe 15, 20 cents. And those monies are collected statewide and then dispersed out to phone companies um, that are trying to provide a service in a community where it's uh, maybe a challenge, like we have here with uh, environmental issues, different issues. So our primary source of funding has been state of Oregon, and um, we get pretty much almost no federal dollars to run our phone company here. And um, when I took over, it was a bit of a challenge. Uh, it was it was a good network, but there was basically no redundancy anywhere, which is, my staff says that's my favorite word, is redundancy. But it's extremely important. As you know, when the power goes out around here, generally speaking, the phones go out, the internet goes out. So in the towers, as same as in the building, when the power goes down, it should switch immediately to batteries, and then those batteries will should take over for a while, usually just a couple minutes until the generator kicks on and get, gets up to speed. The generators we have at all the tower locations now will be able to run the site for um, anywhere from maybe four to eight hours to a couple of days with a propane generator. So we've tried to get redundant power. So if the power goes out, it goes to batteries. When the batteries are done, it goes to the propane generator. And that runs for a few days, hopefully, for the commercial power to come back on. The next problem with redundancy was there was only one source of signal going out there. So if we had any problem, say, with a tower, and it was relaying the signal somewhere, not only was that tower down, um, I'll give you an example, Eagle Butte to Sid Walter, Sid Walter to Schooley. If anything happens at Eagle Butte, now all of Sid Walter's down and all of Schoolie's down. If something happens at Sid Walter, which has been the challenge for the last couple of years, then Schoolie and all of Simnasho is down. So we've now beefed up the batteries at uh, Sid Walter and actually happy to report that we haven't uh, had an outage there in uh, literally months due to power. And uh, Sid Walter is sitting out there by itself. We just have been working on a redundant circuit now. So if something happens at one location, it'll handshake off to another tower to feed Sid Walter. So between the power redundancy, the signal redundancy, we're working toward never having an outage or as minimal outages as possible. So that's been a challenge when I took over, but um, I think we're strengthening the network. Last year, we were able to get a state of Oregon, Business Oregon grant, which allowed us to update all of the uh, very old antiquated switching equipment in the central office and in most all of the towers. That grant was um, just under $500,000 and we were able to update almost all the equipment 
it was it was huge. York shares some technical aspects of how their service works. We, as the phone company, have to buy our broadband to resell to you. So we look for providers that, are, of course, are reasonable, local, that kind of thing. For the first 10 years, we were kind of held captive. They had a 10-year contract, very expensive, for one gig. So we had one gig to feed the entire community here, which is silly. So the broadband comes in over a fiber cable from Portland, let's say, and it comes into the little building next to the taco huts down there. That's the central office for CenturyLink. And then it rides a fiber up to our office. So you know, everybody knows where the phone company building is. What you don't see is if you come into the lobby and you talk to our receptionist there, Deidre, behind her is the central office, what we call central office. And if you go in there, it's um, kind of a magical place of <laughs> stacked switches, batteries, all sorts of cabling and equipment. So the fiber optic comes up from the Century Link. It rides our fiber up to our central office and then goes into the switches and then is dispersed out from there through fiber to the towers, and then the tower relays the signal to other towers, then that signal is then relayed to your home. If you're wireless, it's through the air. If you're a business, then it's fiber optic, and you have much more stability and much, much greater speeds. Recently, we started, probably about a year ago, was the Oregon Grant. And so we were able to update a lot of the equipment in the central office and in the towers. So that was a huge step. Since, we've also updated a lot of the radios on the towers, other equipment like that. The problem we're running into right now is that whenever you have new equipment, there's like a burn-in. And during that time, you're trying to dial in the equipment, put on the configuration files, get everything tweaked. It's a bit of a challenge because we're running into issues with the equipment, the brand new equipment, and the manufacturers won't send people out here to help right now due to COVID. COVID is a good excuse maybe, but I even, I call other engineering firms, I call other support groups, and they say, honestly, I have no one to send you. So we're really doing our, our best to get this equipment up and running and, and uh, tweaked as best we can. We have Zoom meetings. A couple of weeks ago, we had the uh, manufacturer's rep. There was probably uh, 10 engineers on the phone call with a Zoom call. So we're trying to work this through. Um, they'll come up with a suggestion. They're trying to duplicate it in their lab. Then we'll go out in the field and we'll try this and that. And then we report back and whatever the issue is, as soon as we find it, it's really going to be a night and day difference. And uh, I mean that uh, truthfully. <laughs> it seems slow to get here, but we'll get there pretty quick here. Warm Springs Telecom offers wireless phone and internet connections to residences. York talks about some of the evolution of telecommunications technology and offers a little advice for folks about what to do and what not to do when the power goes out. I have uh, never really worked for a WISP before, and that's what they call us. WISP means Wireless Internet Service Provider. And wireless is a whole new challenge. Of course, if you think of a fiber cable or a copper cable, that's coming down the road, coming down the driveway, and physically hooked up into your house. So you've got that wire that used to come from the central office all the way to your house. That's a solid 
connection. And so, yes, that's the best. That's why some of these old copper lines with from CenturyLink are, are still a good deal for alarm systems and that kind of thing because they're just very secure, very solid. We, however, are providing to all of our residential customers a wireless circuit. So there's just so, so much uh, more equipment involved, different powering, cabling, it's just kind of endless. When you're looking for a, when you're troubleshooting, say, a copper or fiber, it's usually real easy. Someone's usually just cut the cable. With wireless, if someone calls in and say, hey, my internet dropped or it's slow, it can be a real challenge to find out where the issue is in that circuit. What tower, what switch, what piece of equipment? Is it a cable? Is it something at the customer's house? Did the dog chew the cable? the modem or router cable. We hear that often. Another plug I would like to say while we're on this is a lot of folks will unplug their equipment at their house when there's a power outage. Um, that's really not going to help at all. Um, in fact, what we see is that when people plug the equipment back in, they're plugging it in wrong. And when the internet does come back up, they're not back up. So we really just ask people, please don't don't mess with the uh, router equipment, the cables, that kind of thing. You're just not helping yourself. Something you can do is buy a um, battery backup. And I did put that in the last newsletter. If you have a battery backup, at least your Wi-Fi will be up. So you'll be able to, if you have a battery backup that's good for maybe 40 minutes to an hour, generally, sometimes the power will be back on before then, so you wouldn't even notice an outage other than your kitchen lights will go out. The COVID-19 pandemic has taken a huge toll on lives in Warm Springs and around the world. In the U.S., response to the pandemic has included financial assistance to individuals, as well as, most recently, help for infrastructure in Indian country. York talks about funding specific to telecommunications on the Warm Springs Reservation. In the future, there are so many funding options right now, it's daunting. There are, I believe, 60 funding sources right now. And so our task is to really go through and look at each one of those and which one is going to provide the most benefit for us in our community. So when I looked at all of those, I selected the NTIA grant. That's the uh, National Telecommunications Information Administration. They provided money just for tribes. And I, I thought, well, that's where our focus should be. And it was quite a large amount that they were allowing for grants with no matching funds. That is one of the biggest problems we have. If we look at a grant and we're pretty excited about it, even if we ask for a million dollars, if the matching funds are 25%, we have to come up with $250,000 to get that million. Now, that sounds like a great deal, but it, it is a big chunk of change. So when I looked at all of this, the NTIA grant, so we put together a fiber optic design. I, I was trying to figure out what best could we do for the community here and, and really just let's fiber to the home. That's the best thing I could think of. Let's get as many people as we can hooked up to fiber, a nice solid connection. So we've done that. We applied for the grant. The grant came out to just under $7 million. It includes fiber to 1,026 homes. We hope we can do all of the homes. One thing that will prevent that is if we hit a bunch of rock, which is very common in our area here. The price like triples or quadruples. So if I can put cable in the ground at $16 a foot, when we hit rock, it goes to $55 a foot. 
So if we hit a lot of rock, we're probably not going to be able to do all the projects we want. But fiber to the home is number one. We have a year to build it. The grant award, we will know December 13th. It gives a bit of info about fiber optic technology. You know, it's just light traveling down glass. So it's pretty interesting, pretty phenomenal, really. And the amount of phone calls that could be transmitted through one fiber. To give you an example, the new technology that we're looking at that will help us get fiber to so many homes is we can put one fiber into this piece of equipment and basically on the other side, 64 fibers could come out and go to people's homes and pretty much all providing like half a gig speed. Pretty phenomenal. Addressing the digital divide on tribal lands was a goal of the Federal Communications Commission, and Warm Springs took advantage of an opportunity provided by the FCC. York says it's quite an asset for the tribes. Last year, we went after the 2.5 gigahertz spectrum from the FCC. They were giving that away to any tribe that would apply and have a good story. So we applied for it, and um, out of 576 tribes, we were the eighth tribe to be awarded that spectrum. So we were in the top 10. I felt very good about that. If you were to buy that 2.5 spectrum, it would probably cost you about $2 million. So that, again, is a great asset for the tribe to hold on to. The 2.5 gigahertz, just to give you an idea, cell phones operate at 2.4. So it's about the same as cell phone service. So these new radios that we're putting up on the towers, they'll operate a little differently than the existing radios. Existing radios have trouble going through trees. They can't go down or up following the terrain, that, that kind of thing. Whereas the 2.5 penetrates walls, penetrates trees. Not quite sure that goes around corners yet, but um, <laughs> it's going to be a great improvement. What we're going to do, what we're doing right now is the 2.5 is up on every tower and it's being powered up. And we're going to put a couple radios on a few homes out there that have really had, we've struggled to get good signal to. And we're going to do some testing. So up until the snow starts really falling around here, we're going to try to uh, push out as much 2.5 to the folks that need it as possible. That's Tim York, General Manager of Warm Springs Telecom. Thank you for listening to the Warm Springs program. I'm Liz Smith reporting for 91.9 FM KWSO.